It's nice to be back. A major event has held my focus, pulling me away from writing and transcribing. It has been quite a while since I last, uh, how should I say this, casted a pod? Hmm, <laughs> that sounds like fishing, backwards. So let me get back to it. Hi, I'm Mark Timmon, the Healthy Geezer. I have a master's degree in clinical nutrition, and I've been studying the nutrition and biochemistry behind health and disease for over oh, 50 years now. If you want to know how to build better health and how to protect yourself against disease, then this is the place for you. Welcome to the Healthy Geezer podcast. This is episode nine. What's all the hullabaloo about functional foods? One thing above all else is inevitable. It is change. The universe changes. It explodes, expands, and we are led to believe will contract. Closer to home, we can expect that Earth will eventually lose its oxygen and life on the planet will perish. So we better protect the planet we've got until we can build whatever apparatus is needed to get us off this ball and onto another that can support life as we know it. Uh, don't panic just yet. We have about one billion years to find a new home. As long as we don't rely on Congress and let smart people address the problem instead, we should beat the deadline. But uh, I digress. <clears throat> to get back on point, we see change each year in human languages around the world. Old words slump off into disuse. Some even tarnished so badly that they will never be used again. New words enter the lexicon to describe totally new inventions, while words used to explain or identify mundane concepts can be improved to add nuance to their meaning. Some words are just gussied up to make the speaker sound more erudite. I remember when the stalwart fellows who picked up the trash were called garbage men. Now they are called sanitation engineers, and rightly so. Safely operating, maintaining, and driving the modern mechanical behemoths that collect and compact trash is not that unrelated to operating the mechanical devices on the International Space Station. In the field of nutrition, our knowledge expands almost as quickly as an oil slick spreads on water. Language must similarly expand as we seek ways to describe our new understanding. One expression that has come into use over the past few years is the phrase, Functional foods. Functional foods? Okay, let's think about this. If I don't eat food, I will eventually cease to function. If I do eat food, I will continue to function. So isn't everything we eat a functional food because it keeps us alive and able to function? What is going on here? Have nutritionists just gussied up the word food so they can sound smart by confusing us all? Let's take a closer look. Have you ever snacked on baby carrots? Have you ever wondered if they are really baby carrots? I personally think most of them are just the tapered ends of regular carrots that have been chopped off. Be that as it may, baby carrots, and carrots in general, can be thought of as a functional food. A functional food is one that has been shown to have a positive effect on your health beyond its basic nutrients. Baby carrots are a functional food because they are rich in beta-carotene, which, in addition to being a key source of vitamin A, helps protect your cells from damaging substances that can increase your risk of some chronic diseases, such as cancer. 
In other words, the beta-carotene's function goes beyond its basic nutritional role as a source of vitamin A because it may also help fight cancer. What I find confusing here is that beta-carotene has always been in carrots, so beta-carotene has always been one of carrots' basic nutrients. What has changed is our understanding of the function of the nutrients in foods. We know more about how they work. Oats are another functional food because they contain the soluble fiber beta-glucan, which has been shown to lower blood cholesterol levels. This can play a positive role in lowering the risk of heart disease, but of course beta-glucan has always been in oats. Now we have discovered one of the things it can do. If the beneficial compound in the food is derived from plants, such as in the case of beta-carotene and beta-glucan, it is called a phytochemical. If it is derived from animals, it is called a zoochemical. To explain, uh, phyto, P-H-Y-T-O, derived from Greek, stands for plant, and zoo, Z-O-O, also derived from Greek, indicates something of animal origin. Heart-healthy omega-3 fatty acids found in fatty fish such as salmon and sardines are considered zoochemicals. Manufacturers are promoting foods containing naturally occurring phytochemicals and zoochemicals and have also begun fortifying other food products with these compounds. You can buy margarine with added plant sterols and a cereal with the soluble fiber psyllium. Both of these help lower serum cholesterol levels. There is also a pasta that has omega-3 fatty acids added to it, and some egg producers have begun feeding their laying hens diets rich in heart-healthy omega-3 fatty acids in order to counteract the negative image of the cholesterol naturally present in egg yolks. Feeding hens more omega-3s increases the amount of those fatty acids in their eggs. Let's look at a few of these uh, so-called functional foods. Psyllium is one that has been around for quite a while. Psyllium is a soluble fiber in the seed husks of the Plantago ovata plant and its close relatives. It has been used as a laxative for more than 500 years and is now known to be converted in the gut to butyric acid, a short-chain fatty acid that helps maintain a healthy mucosal lining. Psyllium in the diet has also been shown to help lower serum cholesterol. Therefore, psyllium has been added to Kellogg's All brand to give the product a reason for being. It allows Kellogg's to promote Allbran as a breakfast food to help lower blood cholesterol if you eat enough to take in at least one gram of psyllium a day. Beyond psyllium, the nutritional benefit of Kellogg's Allbran is questionable. It is, after all, a severely overprocessed pseudo-food that, when eaten, takes up valuable space in the digestive tract that could have been filled by a multitude of more healthful foods. Considering Kellogg's Allbran as a functional food is a bit ludicrous. Let's look at another functional food, soy milk. Soy milk is considered a functional food because it contains soy proteins that have also been shown to lower blood cholesterol as long as you take in 25 grams a day. Hmm, not so fast. Soy milk also contains phytoestrogens, which may be beneficial to menopausal and postmenopausal women. So, if you mature ladies want to suck down some soy milk every once in a while, then it is probably okay to do so. However, you manly men who might be listening might want to take a half gallon of soy milk out behind the barn, set it on a fence post, and blast it with your shotgun. 
You need soy milk, and its estrogenic influence is about as much as you need to shave your legs and wear dresses. Oh, and you may want to reconsider whether you want to buy another six-pack of beer. Beer also contains phytoestrogens. So if you don't want to set the stage for prostate problems in later years, add some extra weight around your midsection, or trim the sharp edges off your libido, then stay away from soy milk, tofu, edamame, and all things soy, except for fermented forms of soybeans. These include natto, soy sauce, miso, and tempeh. When fermented, the phytoestrogens are destroyed. Above all, withhold soy from infants. Newborns should always be breastfed by their mothers, except under the most extreme and dire circumstances. Soy milk given to infants and young children as a substitute for either breast milk or cow's milk is associated with the early onset of menses in girls and delayed puberty in boys. The effects for girls can be profound. Epidemiological studies indicate that the earlier a girl begins her menstrual cycle, the shorter will be her lifespan. Oatmeal is also now considered a functional food because it contains beta-glucans. Beta-glucan is a class of soluble fiber readily available from oat and barley that has been gaining interest because of its functional and bioactive properties. It helps control cholesterol, insulin resistance, dyslipidemia, hypertension, and obesity. Beta-glucans also improve immunity. Three grams of beta-glucans a day from oatmeal can lower serum cholesterol. There are problems with beta-glucans from oatmeal as a means of controlling dietary cholesterol, nevertheless. They work against cholesterol by blocking its absorption from the intestines. Yay! As much dietary cholesterol is at least partially oxidized, making it potently atherogenic. But the beta-glucans work indiscriminately, also blocking the absorption of fat-soluble vitamins A, D, E, and K. Phytosterols from other plants are more selective. They exclusively and elegantly block the absorption of dietary cholesterol. I am referring to betacytosterol, stigmasterol, campesterol, brassicasterol, and others found in cruciferous vegetables, nuts, seeds, and plant waxes. You can also find these helpful sterols concentrated in simple dietary supplement tablets. Cranberries are considered functional foods because of their polyphenol content, especially in the form of proanthocyanidins. Cranberries are famous for reducing or curing urinary tract infections, but the impact of their proanthocyanidins goes far beyond pushing E. coli bacteria from the bladder. Polyphenols in cranberries strengthen the lining of arteries and blood vessels by tightening the collagen bonds between cells. The polyphenols are also potent antioxidants that protect all cells from oxidative damage and help reduce inflammation. In the arteries, this means that foreign substances in the blood, such as benzopyrene from tobacco smoke or oxidized cholesterol from a recent meal, will be far less likely to damage the inside of an artery. That damage might otherwise lead to the development of cardiovascular disease. Three cheers for cranberries! Salmon, sardines, mackerel, and other fatty fish are famous for their omega-3 fatty acids, eicosapentaenoic acid and tocosahexaenoic acid. These fatty acids can reduce the risk of heart disease by significantly lowering triglyceride levels and cholesterol while reducing blood platelet stickiness and increasing the slipperiness of blood vessel walls. 
If 2.5 to 5 grams of omega-3 fatty acids from fish oils are taken each day, random blood clot formation is virtually eliminated. The risk of death from sudden heart attack, phlebitis, or stroke is thereby greatly reduced. In my opinion, omega-3 fatty acids are essential fatty acids. Human biochemistry evolved around a diet that was extremely rich in these zoochemicals, but they were part of a diet also rich in plant-derived vitamin C and polyphenols that help maintain the structural integrity of the vascular system. This is an important point. Omega-3 fatty acids thin the blood. In reality, they return blood to its normal viscosity. The insufficiency of omega-3 fatty acids in the modern Western diet is a major contributor to stroke, phlebitis, atherosclerosis, and sudden death from heart attack. However, just as omega-3 fatty acids are insufficiently supplied in the modern diet, so too are many of the nutrients needed to maintain the strength and structural integrity of the cardiovascular system. That means that if you thin the blood by using omega-3 fatty acids, or a pharmaceutical drug, without simultaneously taking action to strengthen vascular tissues, you increase the risk of subcutaneous hemorrhage, blood vessel hemorrhage in the eyes, or worse, leakage from blood vessels in the brain, another form of stroke. What nutrients then are needed to assure integrity to vascular tissue? They include calcium, zinc, vitamin C, the amino acid proline, and a rich complement of polyphenols. These can easily be obtained from the colorful fruits, including especially pomegranates, grapes, cranberries, raspberries, and blueberries, to name just a few. The easiest way to buy the insurance for a strong vascular system is to use supplements that include grapeseed extract, pine bark extract, and extracts of all the fruits I just mentioned. The cruciferous vegetable, garlic, contains organosulfur compounds that lower cholesterol too. All it takes is one clove a day, but garlic also lowers blood pressure and is a potent antimicrobial, helping kill off parasites, fungi, bacteria, and viruses. Tomatoes, too, are considered a functional food. They are famous for their lycopene content. Lycopene is another carotenoid that reduces the risk of prostate cancer. It only takes about a half a cup of tomatoes each day. There is growing evidence, however, that tomatoes are dangerously inflammatory, at least in some susceptible individuals. And, of course, there are the probiotics. These friendly gut bacteria support intestinal health and are enriched in number and variety by whole food diets of great diversity. Gut flora are inhibited, on the other hand, by a diet that contains a large amount of processed foods from boxes, cans, or fast food restaurants, and or a diet with little variety, focused on the same foods eaten over and over again. Antibiotic drugs can also reduce the number and diversity of intestinal bacteria, but that's widely known at this point. But what do we need probiotics for anyway? They are absolutely essential to food digestion and nutrient absorption. Your digestive enzymes do not do all the work. The bacteria break down fats, proteins, sugars, and cholesterol. They liberate some nutrients and synthesize others, vitamin K and vitamin B12 being two of them. They synthesize proteins to transport nutrients across the mucosal lining and into the blood. One of the probiotic's primary roles is in immunity. They kill off millions of dangerous microbes every day. And now, links are being drawn between the chemistry of the gut and the chemistry of a healthy mind. 
The mind-body relationship runs its primary switchboard between the brain and the intestines. Today, over 70% of Americans believe that food and nutrition play a key role in maintaining and improving their health. Duh! I wish it were 100%. Functional foods are now being used by healthcare professionals to combat chronic diseases. Food is your best medicine. Following this more natural route is often more economical to boot. For example, some doctors have begun to send their patients to registered dietitians for diet advice to treat specific medical conditions such as an elevated blood cholesterol level rather than automatically prescribing cholesterol-lowering medication. Eating a diet that contains a substantial amount of cholesterol-lowering oats or plant sterols is less expensive and often more appealing and more effective than taking costly prescription medication. Ideally, the registered dietitian will recommend adding functional foods to the diet based on the person's own medical history and nutritional needs. The healthiest diet is a diet tailored to individual needs. Away from the clinical setting, however, the edict of buyer beware takes hold. Many labeling claims now adorn products on store shelves. The concept of functional foods has moved from the laboratory to the corporate boardroom. In the laboratory, there was scientific investigation. In the corporate boardroom, opportunism holds sway. Can we really believe the claim from the marketer of a dead, dry box of breakfast cereal that its added antioxidants really will help support the immune system? Instead, let's turn our attention to real food. A bowl of oatmeal and a glass of orange juice can be expected to perform better at the cellular level and molecular level of one's body than that box of cereal. A nutrient-rich fresh vegetable, fruit, or cut of meat is loaded with bioactive food substances. It can be thought of as a functional food. But even real foods marketed for their expanded functional capabilities can lead to a false sense of security. Having salmon for dinner once a month will not improve long-term cardiovascular health. Eating a tomato this week will not keep an aging male's prostate from enlarging. Eating functional food every once in a while will not save your life. Always eating foods that are loaded with nutrients and bioactive food substances will save your life and push it toward optimal health. So what am I saying? I'm saying that once the concept of functional food left the laboratory and escaped into the public domain, it has moved from being a word that conveyed nuance to a term that became poppycock. Marketers use it to appear smart. They want to make it look like they've got something special. Functional food is actually whole food. If you eat fresh broccoli, if you crush fresh garlic to season your foods, if you select fresh lean meats and poultry, and if you extend the effort to include a wide variety of fresh foods in your diet, then you will be consuming a diet of functional foods because it will be a diet of whole foods. Those whole foods will be loaded with the nutrients we all know, including fat, protein, carbohydrate, vitamins, minerals, and fiber. They will also bring along those newly discovered bioactive food substances that intrigued researchers by their unique functions at the molecular level. Let me put it another way. Oatmeal was just a whole grain breakfast cereal. That was it. Nobody knew any better. It was just a food. Then, eventually, 
researchers discovered beta-glucan-soluble fibers in oatmeal. I wonder what this does, asked the researchers. In vitro and in vivo studies eventually showed that the beta-glucans could block the absorption of cholesterol, thereby lowering serum cholesterol. Yippee! We found an additional function for oatmeal that goes beyond just keeping us alive. Oatmeal had a new function. Continuing research into other foods has discovered a great and growing number of unique molecules. Investigation shows that many of these unique molecules have profound benefits beyond just supplying protein, fat, carbohydrate, and basic vitamins and minerals heretofore recognized as necessary for survival. What I am saying is that we are now discovering what foods really do. A food is like a high school building. It has long halls lined by lockers. In the past, researchers found their way into the food and looked down the hallways. That's all they could see. Now they are able to leisurely walk down the hallways and open the lockers to see what's inside. In short, we are discovering that every whole food is a functional food because there is so much more inside than we ever imagined. And each of those new little substances performs some kind of function we never suspected could be delivered by that whole food. All that means is that we have now begun to learn what all the functions are of a whole food. We are at a crossroads of terminology. Should we do away with the new term functional foods and keep the old term whole foods? Or should we do the reverse and dump the old term whole foods in favor of the new one functional foods? Let me think about this. Since the idea of functional foods has moved out of the laboratory and into the marketer's hands, I can see that we will never be rid of the term. So let us understand that something called a functional food has most probably been processed or manufactured in such a way to add something healthful to it. I guess that's a good thing, but it also implies that whatever is having something healthful added to it was less than complete or less than healthy to begin with. So it seems that if you stick to a diet populated only by whole foods, then you will have no real need for functional foods because functional foods are processed foods that have been spiked with something good. So eat fresh broccoli, not Fruit Loops infused with essence of broccoli. Thank you for listening. The Healthy Geezer theme music is by the Camden Jazz Trio. You can find episodes of the Healthy Geezer podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Podcast Gang, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and wherever you go to access podcasts. Episodes as well as written transcripts plus blogs on additional topics on health and nutrition are also available at our website, marktimmon.com. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend to tune in to the Healthy Geezer podcast and be sure to subscribe by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast directory's platform. If you have questions, I will do my best to answer them. Just send an email to mark at marktimmon.com. That's Mark with a K and Timmon with one M, all as one word, M-A-R-K-T-I-M-O-N.com. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.